All right, this is the Bill Sang Podcast. I'm ready to go here. First thing I want to talk about here, right out the gates, I want to talk about the topic of illegal immigration, particularly in relation to what governors Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis have recently done. And I think it is remarkable in how they have exposed the left for what it is that they truly want to do. Now, mind you, the mainstream media is towing the line for people like Kamala Harris and other Democrat governors and politicians to make it look like the they're victims, um, that they're victims of what these just cruel and insensitive governors in these Republican states are doing to them. And what are these Republican governors doing, like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott? Well, they are taking the illegal immigrants inside of their states, and they are shipping them off to places like Washington, D.C., Chicago, and most recently, Martha's Vineyard. And frankly, for one, I think that it is hilarious. And two, I think that it is so far overdue. And I applaud these men for their creativity and how to handle this problem as they are governors in Republican-run states, conservative states. And essentially, I, I don't know what the laws are exactly, but I do know that on the on the federal level that there are laws on the books about how to handle illegal immigrants. And essentially what it boils down to is you deport them. You don't keep them in the United States of America, not if we don't know who they are or where they are living. Uh, and it's not because that these people that are coming across the border are bad people per se. It's because we don't know what their business is inside of the United States. And it is possible that we've allowed terrorists over the border. It's possible we've allowed drug runners over the border. It's possible we've allowed gun, de- uh, 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 gun runners over the border. It's possible that we have allowed gang members over the border. And all these things are true, by the way. We've allowed all of these things over the border without even knowing who these people are. In fact, Donald Trump ran on this issue, and that's how he won in 2016, was because he hammered illegal immigration and how he was going to do something about it by building a wall that was going to prevent just this constant stream of illegal immigrants from coming into the country. Now, um, the two most... I don't know if there's just two... There are three people I can think of that are immediately impacted by shipping off these illegal immigrants to these different cities. Let's take Chicago to begin with. First of all, Lloyd Lightfoot was kind of goading, kind of taunting Greg Abbott, Governor Abbott from Texas, to send illegal illegal immigrants her way. What did she do as soon as she received these illegal immigrants? Now, mind you, this is all a ploy. It's all a stunt for her on her part in what she says, because first of all, she taunted him to send them. Now, politically speaking, that's typically how things go, is that they taunt, they goad, and then nothing happens. And lots of times it scares people. It creates an uproar where the governor, in this case, would think that, oh boy, I better not do this because I might not be popular among the public if it's getting out that I'm working in favor of my of my political opponents. Greg Abbott did it. He sent the illegal immigrants to Chicago. And now Lori Lightfoot is all of a sudden saying, oh, this is a cruel political stunt. How could they do this terrible thing? Putting illegal immigrants on the side of the road and yada, yada, yada. Well, Mayor Lightfoot 
What would you prefer? Should they send them back to Mexico? Or Chicago, where you are the mayor of far superior place to be sending these illegal immigrants? Or what about Washington, D.C.? You know who's affected in Washington, D.C.? Kamala Harris. Kamala three-count Harris is affected by the illegal immigrants being sent to Washington, D.C. If I'm not mistaken, they are, I don't know if they're being offloaded or if they're just ending up outside of her Washington, D.C. home, which is remarkable, is hilarious, because again, the Democrats are telling us how wonderful these people are. And again, I have nothing against these illegal immigrants. There's, I'm not saying that they're good people, bad people. They're like us. There's some that are good and there's some that are bad. But what we can agree on with all of them is that they are here illegally. And so Kamala Harris, Kamala Three Count Harris, shouldn't have any problem whatsoever receiving this gift of love, as Governor Jeb Bush once said, this gift of love on her own property. She should be honored and dignified with the reality that someone would be willing to include her in being able to care for and to love these people the way that we're always told on our side of the aisle that we ought to. And then finally, there's Martha's Vineyard, which is the home of who? You know what? And I'm going to do something I normally don't do. Normally, I would just say Barack Obama. I'm going to add something to that. And it's not a nickname. I'm going to call him President Obama, okay? Because I can at least acknowledge that President Obama was duly elected, was legitimate as a president of the United States. There were no shenanigans. Well, there were shenanigans behind his election. Don't get me wrong. But again, it's like Tom Brady throwing flat footballs that he's going to win the game anyway no matter how how badly he quote unquote cheats and uh, Barack Obama I feel the same way in that regard that he was going to clobber John McCain and Mitt Romney no matter what sort of shenanigans, shenanigans were going on in the background so President Obama lives in Martha's Vineyard it's a place with a bunch of wealthy liberals that should be wanting to embrace these illegal immigrants and yet What's the outcry? This is so cruel. What, what, what's so cruel about sending them to Martha's Vineyard? It's one of the classiest, fanciest places on the planet. So why on earth would you not want this gift of love at your doorstep? And the answer is simple because we don't know who these people are. That they are potentially dangerous. And you don't want just people wandering on your streets without having any sort of documentation regarding what their identity is or what their purpose for being there is. <clears throat> now you might say, well, same thing with anybody in the United States of America. You know, I used to minister to homeless people on the streets of Cleveland and something I found fascinating, I did not know this until I ministered on the streets of Cleveland as a college student, was that they all had ID of some sort. Whether typically not a driver's license, but they were required to have ID because we as American citizens, once we are adults, are required to have ID to prove our identity. So if we are stopped on the street, we can provide ID. Or for instance, if you're driving a car and you're pulled over, you have to have your ID or else your license will get suspended. At least that was my experience. I don't know. Don't ask me how I came to that conclusion right there because... Uh, 
it's true. You need to have ID on you at all times. And if we don't know who these people are or what their purpose is in this country, then we have to consider the very real possibility that they are a threat or that they are a, are a danger. And what these governors <coughs> are trying to prove by doing this, that these are illegal immigrants, our legal course of action with them is to send them back from where they came. And that's not to be cruel. It is to protect the people here in this country. We've already seen many examples of the threat that illegal immigrants can pose to society. Lots of times they're just allowed to roam around and then they commit acts of violence where they end up either harming somebody for the rest of their lives or killing someone. And I'm not saying that's the case with all illegal immigrants, but in cases, this happens. And we don't need this happening any more than what it does happen inside the United States among our own citizens. So why add to the problem by allowing people to wander into our country, break whatever laws they want to, and then say, well, we can't pull you over. We can't arrest you because you look a certain way. And then they go on to do something horrendous. So... Keep it, up, keep it up, Governor DeSantis. Keep it up, Governor Abbott. Keep on sending out the illegals to these sanctuary cities to where the liberals are just waiting to embrace them with all their love that they have inside of their hearts. <clears throat> so I want to talk about a few other things real fast. Uh, one of which is this thing. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called soft living or the soft life. It's something I came across in a fortune article the other day and what this article was all about was this idea of soft living and it was tracking this person tracking the life of this person i can't remember the name his name right off the top of my head but if i'm not mistaken he was in marketing prior to covid making a hundred thousand to hundred fifty thousand dollars a year covid hit and so all these businesses closed he got fired lost his job and since then he started wandering across america just having experiences and just enjoying life not settling down to start a family not establishing an actual home just kind of wandering from place to place uh, based off of whatever he saw best to do and what fortune was trying to say was that this is the new trend this is the new reality for generation z and perhaps even younger millennials and it was telling this guy's story and about how wonderful it was and everything but something that i have to bring up that i can't just let slide with soft living or the soft life this man already had a hundred to hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year that he was making at a job prior to when COVID-19 hit, prior to the lockdowns in 2020. So this man had money stored up that he could use to be able to live from place to place. And I don't, I don't know his whole story exactly, but my point is with that is that I don't think it's as much of a trend as what they're making it out to be. I think that there's a very clear agenda behind that. And that agenda, I think, is actually to shape culture, to tell people that families really aren't that important. Just live your life, not just families, but your career really isn't that important. Your purpose in life is not that important. Just go place to place, enjoy life, experience life. 
You know, we are living in a time like none other in human history where we have decided that responsibility is not important, where it is not important for us to live the way that God created us to live. And what do I mean by that? Well, that if you are a single man or a single woman, that most people in those situations desire to get married, to find a spouse and to settle down and to start a family one day. And that that becomes, for lack of a better way of putting it, their life's purpose, raising their family, taking care of their spouse, living a life that is honorable and noble for the good of other people. The soft life, what I see in it is it's a selfish life. It's a detached life from the rest of the world. And it basically says, well, as long as I am taken care of, that's all that matters. And so what they do is they pick up sort of these gig jobs, you know, where you can take it anywhere with you. And I don't have anything wrong with that. Nothing wrong with gig jobs. In fact, if that's your way of living, fantastic. I believe in being an entrepreneur. I believe that these, uh, <clears throat> that the gig economy is a way to be able to live your dream as an entrepreneur even. But it seems like there's been a huge cultural shift from traditional values and also I'll add the way of the world in terms of the way that nature operates within human existence into this sort of, how to put it, this mode of living that even though we are claiming through this mode of living to be nothing better than animals, that it's actually saying that we occupy a higher place than animals. And not only that, but I occupy the center of the universe. That I am what all things should revolve around. My own personal happiness is all this life should be about. And it's they used to say that God is the opiate of the people, but what I've posed is that without God, then opium is the opiate of the people. And I would say that this is kind of the new opiate of the people is experience, just having experiences here and there. Producing enough emotional satisfaction that you can go on for another day. Be that with using drugs or without using drugs. Be that with drinking or without drinking. Be that with whatever mode of euphoria is undertaken the soft life is i i don't know that it's as big of a trend as what they're making it out to be i don't believe it is i think they're trying to shape culture to take us away from the family unit and to mold culture in such a way that is suitable for a grander agenda shaped by politics and politicians and i'm not going to go too much into that that might sound conspiratorial and yet, if you look at all the mainstream news, if you look into the agendas being set forth, that they do have a very clear theme. Conservation, um, sustainable living. I'm trying not to say certain words because I don't want you to think I'm totally crazy. And ultimately, they want to make sure that society is in Check. Now, mind you, this all originates from one side of the political aisle, 
I'll let you guess which one that is. And it's just frankly, when you get down to it, it's not natural, it's not godly, it's not good what they are trying to promote. And ultimately, it is caving to fear. So there's that. Real quick note, this is totally random. I have not watched this show yet, but The Rings of Power have come out. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. By the way, I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm one of the few who actually love the Hobbit trilogy, but I have not read the books for any of them. I'm going to have to get on that sometime and read all those books so I can hate the movies and the shows as much as everybody else does. I have not seen The Rings of Power. As I said, it looks dazzling as far as the cinematography, the the filming of it is concerned. Um, I have heard that it, in terms of just being a pure show, is a decent show. Nonetheless, the agenda within that is still coming out very clearly as it seems that any hint that there was before of white male protagonists is gone that they <laughs> I don't know anything about who white males are within this show but basically if the if you're going to have a storyline within the rings of power you either have to be a woman or you have to be ethnically diverse so to speak and you know to tell the truth i don't mind that at all in fact when i hear about that i i think of star wars the new star wars movies and my goodness i hope i'm not digging myself a pit right here but to tell the truth overall one of the most hated star wars movies of all time the last jedi i actually enjoyed that movie overall i enjoyed that movie but there was a problem two problems i had with it one the dialogue was horrendous. It was terrible. It's like they forgot what universe these people lived in. In the beginning of the movie, one of the characters leaves a fake cell phone message for one of the bad guys. And it's like, they don't got cell phones or answering machines. At least I don't think so in Star Wars. I don't think that's part of their universe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then another one of the things that was dead obvious was, and it started with, Oh, the first one. I can't remember what the, fir what the first one in the new trilogy was called. Oh, The Force Awakens is this shift from having white male protagonists into um, you had Rey as your main character. You had Finn as another character. And uh, Finn is a, is, an, is, is a black man. And uh, so those were some of your main protagonists right there. And to tell the truth, I like those characters quite a bit. The problem was is that the Last Jedi really showed where the series was going by just overemphasizing the ethnicities. In fact, the one that I had the biggest problem with in terms of that was the Chinese girl. Who's Chinese in this galaxy far, far away? What's the deal with that? I, I don't get it how you can be Chinese and live in a galaxy far, far away. And yet, culturally speaking, that's who this person was, that they were very clearly clearly of the Orient, and that made no sense to me whatsoever. And I kind of think that that's where they're going with the Rings of Power as well, that they're taking characters into cultural and ethnic boundaries that transcend the boundaries that we know would have been in an era that long of go, uh, ago. So, and again, I don't know, and I'm sure that, again, I heard that it's a, it's a fun show, it's a good show, and I I know that some people will be like, oh, why are, you, why are you picking on the fact that they're all women characters? All the, all the main characters in the movies were all men. I get it. I really do. I get it. And they're all white. Okay, I'll give you that as well. But don't let it get past you. 
that there is an agenda behind it. There's always an agenda behind moves like that. In fact, I didn't watch Game of Thrones either, but I saw that they had a variety of storylines that involved different men, women, whatever. So I just want to get that off my chest real fast. My final thing I want to talk about today is I finally got to catch a brief segment of the Joe Rogan and Aaron Rodgers interview. And oh my goodness, I used to be mad at Aaron Rodgers. And after this interview, man, I am practically in love with the guy now. He sounded brilliant. And I think that this is what Aaron Rodgers has really needed. He had that meltdown last year before the NFL season. For those of you who don't know, he's the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. He is a Super Bowl winning quarterback and Super Bowl MVP, four-time MVP, I believe, in the NFL. And after all that, he started making his stances on things. Now, for instance, he refused to get the COVID vaccination. Now, that's just what he did. I'm not making a statement about that. That's just what he did. He refused to get it. Okay. And then he started coming out about other things too. And I, I was like, wow, he is on point. And I think that he was really looking to come out of his shell of just just being an NFL quarterback, that he's a deeper thinker than that. And in this Joe Rogan interview, I liked what they had to say in this four-minute segment that I got to see where they're talking about that people are taught not to think anymore. And I agree with that. People are taught not to think anymore. That doesn't mean that you don't think. That simply means that what you do is you receive information from experts. You digest that, and then you regurgitate that. And that is your knowledge. And it's so difficult living in the world today in a where the knowledge base is purely revolving around this intake, digestion, and regurgitation method. There's no... Okay, this is how I'll put it. When I was in college, I had to write a lot of research papers. We would get, we would just gather all the information we could and write a report on what we learned, uh, what, what, what it was that we were discovering inside of this research. And it was always very black and white. I went to seminary. And then my professor, Jim Davison, by the way, uh, being the first one to do this, may, gave us a very different challenge for me and my other professors as well and that was write a reflection paper on this and so i just gathered all the information in it and wrote it all down and spouted it all out on the paper and he said that's a good essay but that's not a reflection paper i was like huh what's that a reflection paper means that you are putting your own thoughts into it you are considering what they are saying and you are critiquing and you are um you're, you're really considering what is said And you're making a determination in your mind whether this is true or false. Uh, Whether this, uh, what it means to you, how it affects you, how it affects others, and so forth. It's it's considering things. A reflection paper is simply that. Consideration. And that's what I see with Aaron Rodgers and Joe Rogan's interview. And by the way, it's one of the few times when some, when a commentator actually hit the nail right on the head when it came to college education. I agree with Joe Rogan of what they are doing to college students, that they're heaping them up with this debt that they can never get rid of until the day that they die. And by the way, I am in no way advocating for student loan forgiveness. I still believe that we got to pay that off. 
we got to expose these things. That there, that this is a predatory system against the student who goes into college at 18 years old. And I remember Aaron Rodgers, no, Joe Rogan said that, uh, or was it Aaron Rodgers? One of the two said that the most shame they ever got in their lives was when they took a year off of school to think about what they wanted to do. And he's, whichever one it was said that they're shamed for doing that, for taking one year off to think about their options. So what is that exactly? I think that that's really remarkable. And I actually wanted to talk about this in a grander scheme, a grander narrative um, regarding why it is that I podcast. But that's a large part of it, is that I want to encourage free thought. I don't just want to spit out a bunch of facts to you and have you just believe me for my word. I want to throw ideas out there and you think about it. You research it. You consider whether what you're reading is true or false. What I do for this podcast, I look for both conservative and liberal sources. That way I can get both sides. By the way, the first one that I talked about, the illegal immigration, I looked up CNN for that. And when I saw they're talking about it, I knew it was true. But I knew that they were taking a very slanted angle from it because uh, <clears throat> they're talking about how cruel it was. Now, most people, when they see a source like that, if CNN is their go-to place, what do they do? They say that, C- that Lori Lightfoot said that it is very cruel to send illegal immigrants to Chicago. And then you say, oh my goodness, those Republican governors, they're so cruel. Well, that's not critical thinking right there. Why are they saying it's cruel? They're saying it's cruel because they are called to the floor. So don't be somebody that forgets to think. Train yourself to think if you have to, and that's a difficult task. It takes a lot of knowing what you believe, but it also takes reading the opinions and thoughts of the other side And until really, and this is my opinion, I think that once you get to a certain point, you don't have to consider all things once you know where you stand. Once you know where you stand, I think that it's better for you to become solidified in what you believe. And if you happen to come across something that's contradictory to what you believe, you consider outside sources to see if you're believing a lie. And if you are able to gather enough evidence, if you're able to find a reason as to why it's not contradictory to what you believe, then continue to believe what you believe. But if you find out that it is contradictory to what you believe and continues to be contradictory to what you believe and there's no other explanation for it other than it's contradictory to what you believe, then in that case, you have to change what you believe. So, get on WayMageSing.com, WayMageSing.com. Check out what I have on that website. Visit YouTube and Rumble. Subscribe, okay? I'm not even giving you an option anymore. If you're watching this video, you are subscribing now to Rumble and YouTube, my channel. Uh, on YouTube, it's William Sang, and on Rumble, it's the Sang Network. So you don't have an option anymore. No more excuses. You're getting on Rumble. You're getting on YouTube. You are subscribing right away, and I'm going to thank you for that. Again, this is the Bill Sang Podcast. I'd like to thank you for joining us for today's show. Have a great day.